This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. This episode of American Sex Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash ASPodcast. The AS is for American Sex. Over 180,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash ASPodcast for your free audiobook. Hi, friends and listeners. I'm Ken Melvoinberg. And I'm Sonny Megatron. And welcome to the American Sex Podcast. I'm really happy. I don't know why. I why, just why are you happy? I don't know. I like our podcast. It makes me well, smile. I, I like, like our podcast. I'm getting too. conditioned, like psychologically conditioned every time we turn on the recorder and sit in front of the microphones. I just get really happy. So that's good, right? That, of course, it's good and hopefully we're conditioning the listeners to do it too. Maybe we'll do some psychological. Like, you will love our podcast forever. It's your number one favorite. You will tell all your friends about it too. Did it work? I'm so hypnotized right now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> your hypnosis totally worked. On I me. know. So there's a thing I want to talk about today, Sonny. Okay. What? Well, as everybody knows, I'm a veteran of the United States Air Force, and I go to the VA for my health care. And the most important thing that one can do to support veterans is to make sure that the VA does not get into the hands of any form of privatization. Now, there is a new campaign that's been going on, and I know that it's something here local to Chicago, Illinois, called the Right to Heal campaign, which is for veterans and VA workers that are united together to save the VA because overwhelmingly, and I want to say it's like over 95% of the people that use the VA for their health care are in support of them not privatizing and just remaining exactly how they are. However, in the Senate and Congress here in the United States, they are trying to introduce some legislation because President Trump wants to privatize the VA, which is the very worst thing that you could do to us veterans if you truly, truly want to support us. We have a very independent set of issues that we have to deal with and a regular hospital even a private hospital can't deal with these issues in the appropriate way we have our own culture we have our own way of addressing a lot of these issues and uh, you know some of them are very consistent like things like specializing in PTSD now you can have a regular old psychologist that's trained in this but it, it takes a special person that has a lot of experience in dealing with veterans on a very localized level in order to do this in an effective way. 
So although they may be a very competent psychologist, what what they are not is a competent psychologist that's trained to help veterans and people in the military lifestyle. Cool. Yeah. And VA, don't fuck up my husband's health care because, you know, he had a bad heart issues and like you could die and I don't want you to die. And VA, you've been taking care of my husband. Good. So keep it up. Yeah. Don't fuck like, that shit up. He's my husband. Up. This is my life. Yeah. 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 And don't blame the VA. Blame the Congress and the Senate. Congress and Senate do the right thing. So no matter what side of the political spectrum you fall on, one of the things that you can do that supports this that's very easy is vote for politicians that are veterans. So from the great state of Illinois, we have Senator Tammy Duckworth. She is a military veteran herself. She had some damage to her legs that was done, and she is very aware of the benefits of the VA, as is Senator John McCain from the great state of Arizona. Now, they're on opposite sides of the political spectrum, but they both are very much proponents of the VA. Mm-hmm. All right. Mail time. It's time for mail. And it's not being delivered by a store. It's not being delivered by a store. It's being delivered by a very nice gentleman who has a pug. I don't know about your mail carrier, but our mail carrier has a pug. All right, I didn't know so, that he has a pug. Yeah, he was talking about. Oh, yeah, because. OK, so here's the story. He has a pug. He, we have a pug and his pug is an asshole. And like he got a puppy pug and he's like, when do they stop being assholes? Oh, and I don't. was like, never. They, they don't. But they're cute. So, you know, a listener sent an email and said, hi, I saw your show a while back and I felt inspired to explore a side of myself I've been very weary of for a while. It's been almost a year since I've begun exploring my kinky side at sex parties and other such events. I'm contacting you because I'm curious about something. I've been exploring anal play, specifically plugs, fingers, and eventually pegging. I have a a few plugs in various sizes and functions. I was wondering if you had advice about anal training. Specifically, how often should I do it before attempting pegging? If you have any advice, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, I just subscribed to your podcast and I'm looking forward to listening to it, especially the one with Asa Akira. She's one of my favorite stars. Well, first of all, anonymous writer in her, anonymous writer in her, writer emailer, Asik, your episode is excellent. I hope you've listened to it already. And Ken, what would you suggest for this writer inner? Well, my advice to the writer inner and their butt. First of all, there is a great method known as the one, two, three method. And I know that you've done a video on this before, Sonny. And what it is, is that you are using one finger and you're training yourself to become accustomed to that size. And usually, you know, in my, you know, and I don't know what you recommended the video per se, but in my instance, when you're doing any kind of anal training, one to two weeks is a good time to let your sphincter get accustomed to the size of whatever you're putting in there. So you start off with something the size of one finger for a week, then go up to the size of two fingers for a week, then up to the size of three fingers for a week. And by that time, you should be ready for pegging as long as the dildo that you're using is on the smaller side of things. Now, again, dildos come in a variety of materials and sizes. And uh, I also wrote an article about this that we'll put in the show notes about anal sizing and the Fibonacci sequence, because those are both something that go hand in hand together. You can use the Fibonacci sequence to determine what the next 
largest size thing you can fit in your ass. So you would do this over the course of a couple of weeks. Also, we'll put in the show notes, the links to the video. Yeah, it's actually a video I did. I was highlighting, I think it's called the Booty Vibro Kit. And it was basically an anal training kit where, yeah, it's a smaller, bigger, bigger. Once you get up to something that's the width of three fingers, you're ready for something the size of a, a penis on the smaller end or some kind of dildo on the now, smaller a, end. A side note about that, no matter what time somebody recommends, your body is something that is very, very distinct. We're all like snowflakes in that way, that we're all individuals and assholes have elasticity to them that vary depending on the person and the age of the individual. As we age, we lose a little bit of that elasticity. So without knowing a little bit more about your medical history and age, I can't give you a direct answer to it, but about one to two weeks per size is kind of a good like average number. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned that, you know, our buttholes are all like snowflakes because for me, I think the first time I did anal, I was like ready for a dick size, right? Like I had no problem where like you would be bleeding profusely if I tried oh, to do yeah. that when, to you. When, We're when, all different. I remember that date when I did surprise anal on you. And <laughs> 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 yeah, I was like, no biggie, no whatever. Biggie. Yeah, actually, it was a biggie, but it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, surprise anal would be a form of torture. Yes, absolutely. But pegging is not torture. Pegging is wonderful. Yes. So do you have a sex question that you need answers, like issues you need advice on? Maybe you just want to, you know, give us some feedback or ask us if we have Prince Albert in a can and hang up. If so, leave us a voicemail at 773-MUFF-TOY. Yeah, M-U-F-F-T-O-Y. If your question is selected, we'll play your voicemail on air and answer your question. Additionally, you can email us at americansexpodcast at gmail.com. It's time to give our big welcome and our heartfelt appreciation to our newest Patreon supporters this week. Amy is our latest supporter, so thank you, Amy. We love you, Amy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, remember, if you follow our Patreon page, you can get bonus stories from our guests absolutely free. Our latest is a story from this week's guest, Susanna Brisk, about a naughty, milfy situation. Plus, listen to past stories by Asa Akira, Joanna Angel, Allison Moon, Melina Williams-Haas, Kevin Patterson, Mr. Snow Mercy, and a bunch more. Just click follow at patreon.com backslash American Sex to hear them and be notified when future stories are posted. And if you choose to support us monetarily on Patreon, you'll get access to episodes early and a bunch of other cool perks, too. And, oh, hey, you know, if you want to support us, but you're like, I don't want to spend any money or I can't spend any money. I would if I could, so I can't, so I won't. There's stuff you can do that'll help us. So make sure, one, that you subscribe to American Sex Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Two, leave us an iTunes star rating or written review. And three, tell your friends about our podcast. That's it. Boom. Easy. Free. And we will love you forever. And because we love you forever, whether you've done all those things or not, we still love you. We do sex toy giveaways every month here on American Sex Podcast, and we're kicking off our March giveaway sponsored by Castle Megastore. This month, you can win, I'm really excited, an Aussie by Lovence. Now, this is the world- Wait, world's... I have a question. Is it an Aussie or an Oski? Aussie. I think it's an Aussie because it's oscillating. So I would think oh, it's Aussie, like Aussie. Okay, or that Asa, makes sense. Akira, Aussie. I don't know. Aussie, like you're Australian. I don't know. You're not going to win an Australian. You're, you're not, not going to win, win Asa Akira. <laughs> but you will win. But you'll win. always win by watching Asa Akira's videos. Yes. While you use the Aussie. Everyone's a winner. So this is the world's first 
oscillating G-Spot toy, and I am super duper excited about it. Now, it's also smartphone control. Wait, Sonny, really quick. There's one thing that I want to tell our listeners. What is oscillation? So that's something that a lot of people don't realize. It's when you're really excited about Asa Akira. I'm oscillating. That's exactly correct. And... (laughs) And it's a form of vibration. Now, normally when we use a vibrator such as the Wonder O Wand, a vibrator like that, like the wand type vibration, has the vibration go equally in all directions. So it goes up, down, left, right, north, south, east, west. An oscillation device goes back and forth between two points. So it has a very distinctive feeling. Cool. Well, I'm super excited about it, as I was saying, because we haven't tried it yet. It is arriving at our doorstep any day, and the mailman's going to bring it. Mail time, mail time. And by the time you hear this, we'll have used it, and hopefully we're going to love it. So we're going to tell you all about that on next week's episode. But right now, you can go enter to win one of your own. Go to SunnyMegatron.com slash Aussie, O-S-C-I, to enter to win. And thanks again to Castle Megastore for giving us and a lucky winner our very own Aussie. Also, you can get 50% off, as always, most items at Castle Megastore when you use the code Sunny, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. This week's guest is Susanna Brisk. Susanna Brisk is a sexual intuitive who coaches clients to uncover what they like, what they need, and how to get it. She coaches a variety of ages, genders, and orientations worldwide on Skype as well as in person at her Topanga Canyon office. She was born in Estonia, grew up in Australia, and moved to New York where she continued a successful career as a model, comedian, and actor before switching to sex ed. Susanna is a gifted public speaker, author, and broadcaster who has taught workshops in Los Angeles at the Stockroom and Sexual Health Expo LA. She's been featured in LA Weekly and on Vice, as well as on Fox, Sirius XM Play playboy.com the milf code and playboy radio her tell it like it is missives have been read by the better part of a million people on your tango after party magazine sexpert sexual health magazine and her own popular site real sex daily more info and testimonials on coaching are available at sexualintuitive.com. So I'm super duper excited. I mean, I'm always super duper excited about our guests, but... I, I can't wait to have a guest where we're like, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. We're not excited. <laughs> no, I think we're excited about everyone because why would we choose to talk to them? But Susanna's really cool. She has a new book called How to Get Laid Using Your Intuition, which I edited, by the way. And don't let the title fool you like it did me. I was like, what's this all about? Is this some like cheesy ass pickup book? It is not. It is something that can help pretty much anyone, whether you're in a relationship or not, figure out what your needs are and find compatible people to get those needs met. It is so, so good. But I'm going to shut up. We're going to get to the interview where we talk about that. And then ooh, she gets all dummy with Ken and there's Russian accents. It's great. Buy me boots. Buy me boots. Okay. Here is, here, here is Susanna Brisk. We have on the line, Susanna Brisk. Hi, Susanna. Hi, Susanna. I don't think I could be more excited. Really? But maybe I could be. You could be. I mean, you wrote the book on, you know, how to... Well, I I have a question for you then, and it's something that we talked about before the interview. So I'm going to ask you to do some emotional labor for us today. And I have a phobia about Eastern European women that 
I, you know, and I don't know where my phobia stems from, or maybe the idea well, that it's a very should. powerful thing that, like, but I'm afraid you're going to put me in a gulag and feed me nothing but dog's milk and mice for three years, and that's, like, kind of hot, and I fap to it secretly, but then I'm kind of really scared. It's the same place that my fear of nuns comes from, and I don't know why, but if it was an Eastern European nun, I'm the fuck out of there. Like, there's no way that those two things can ever be combined. But if it's, if it's not a you nun, it's just an Eastern European woman, you're going to fap to it even though you're scared. A little bit, yeah. Okay. You could channel this into a very effective fetish session, the two of you. I, you know what? We, we actually I, are pretty good at doing that, but yeah. like she doesn't, she doesn't pull off Eastern European very I well. I did. What was I, I was talking. You did in the a accent, okay, accent. but I'm not scared of you. There's a difference. Oh, See, there's, there has to be genuine fear involved. See, that's very odd to oh. me. I think you should be scared of Sunny. <laughs> Why? Because she sleeps next to you. Well, you, what you don't know is that we have she Ricky, has the best we have access. Ricky and Lucy beds. We actually sleep in separate rooms sometimes. <laughs> because we snore too much. Because <laughs> we both snore too much. <laughs> Nobody yeah. gets any sleep. <laughs> I know about the snoring yeah. thing. I do know about that. It's funny. A lot of people have this preconception about Eastern Euro women. And I think it's even more prevalent in LA because the ones that tend to land here are a little like, buy me those boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it's like, I don't want to buy you boots. Buy me those boots. Everyone else buys me boots. Well, I'm not buying you boots. So I think there's like a bit of an opportunism and a kind of let's bend the rules and see how far we can take this that Eastern European women have. And I think it's a fair thing to be uh, in awe of, actually. But I just see how you can channel it into uh, some really cool um, fetish stuff. You know, I, and I, I haven't actually thought about it before, which is odd that like I have this constant phobia and something that's very sexy to me at the same time. I've never dealt with that and it hasn't been on my bucket yeah, list. Yeah, you've got to so. turn it, turn it into something, turn it into some, some Stalinist. Oh, there has to be a uniform matron. involved somehow. There has to, there yes, has to there be. has to be a uniform. I would be willing to work on my accent. That's terrible. I know. I know it's terrible, but you know, I'd be. Ken, go and stand in the corner until we're ready oh, for you. Fat, fat, fat. Listen to that. Oh my God. Well, oh my enough God. about me. Let's right. talk about this your book. Like a BDSM session. <laughs> You'd love my mother. Oh, that's even hotter because I love grandmas. Oh my God. That would be so hot. <laughs> It's a gerontophilia slash Eastern Euro special. Oh my God. That would be. If it involved a KGB uniform, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> you just you have to understand that before I was a sex educator, I did five one-person shows, and most of them were about my mother. And my mother is all about, uh, okay, here's an example of my mother. So she says, at 16, I go, Mom, I think I'm a lesbian. <laughs> Susanna, you are not a lesbian. You are just a slut. <laughs> <laughs> here's, a, here's another one. What was another one? Um, uh, what do you care if anyone likes you? They like you or they don't like you. What matters is that I don't like you. <laughs> oh, that is so hot. Uh, and I'm picturing this with a uniform <laughs> with a torpedo bra on somewhere underneath. like that. It, like, I'm really positive that you are not picturing my mother as she is, but I will allow you to Just let me have my fantasy. fantasy let, me ha- it's let me have my fantasy because I'm picturing something yeah. in my head that probably isn't in reality. Yeah. And, my mom's pretty dommy, though. I mean, they're hot. not into, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it is. I mean, is, if it's not your mom, some. it's hot. <laughs> yeah, she's she's pretty dommy in her presentation, but I'm not sure where her sexuality leans. We haven't discussed huh. it. That could be a whole new frontier for your relationship with your mother, talking about her. I don't. No. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> well, my children are very open about sex with me, and I'm so grateful that they feel they can be. 
Yeah. Awesome. But it's not, it's not something my mother was always like, Phew, don't tell me, don't tell me. I think my parents are more impressed about if I sent them a picture of chicken cutlets that I made for dinner, <laughs> as opposed to that I wrote my second book. That's like crickets. Really? Are they like, but, oh, like, oh, you're a sex educator. They don't know what to say. They're really old school. They're so, I mean, I was born in the former Soviet Union and they've lived in Australia for many years. So they, they're interesting because they have the Russian accent, but they have the Australian lilt. So they go up at the end of their sentences. They say, how are you, Susanna? How is everything going for you? You know how Australians do the thing at the end where they go up? So they have this odd mixture and they have a kind of a cultural mixture as well because they, they have that Aussie like, uh, oh, get, you know, get over it. Don't talk about it too much. And then they have that Russian super like, you, you pull your socks up and you get it together. So it's an interesting combination and not one that in, inspires a lot of confiding about personal matters. <laughs> huh. But that's okay. You know, what's important is that you see yourself as you are and you know who you are. And it's not important that everyone in your life has to see you exactly as you that are. That is true. Exactly. And I, I actually love this because one of the things about doing this podcast is I get to talk to people that I know or that I've worked with and completely have different conversations than we ever would have normally. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying yeah. getting to see this side of you. So what the listeners don't know is you and I have been Facebook friends for a while. Like we've known each other online kind of peripherally, you know, we've liked each other's yes. stuff, but we didn't really know, yeah. know each other until late last year when we got together because I edited the book that you just wrote called How to Get Laid Using Your Intuition. And speaking of using your intuition, I invited you in. I said, give me the name. I asked myself, who is going to edit this book? And literally your name appeared. And within two days, it was happening. We were working together. It was so effortless. I mean, you know, the actual thing involved a little more effort. Right, right. As Ken knows. Yeah, that is just... No, it was actually really good for, for both of you, I think. Like, just intuitively, I think you were right on the money with, like, Sunny is amazing with editing. She's really good with amazing. the content and the subject. And I, I, you know, like, and I, and I'm not being, I'm trying not to be biased here, but I actually think genuinely she is, was made for that kind of job. Aww. You're not biased. She was absolutely incredible. And I can't imagine, I mean, it would have been a different book and I'm, I, I don't know how I could have gotten it together for this crazy deadline <laughs> that I imagined in my mind. I was like Valentine's Day and uh, these other people were like, really? You think so? And uh, yeah, we really pulled it yeah. together. I mean, you really helped helped it all come together and your your insight and your input and just the way that you held space for, for me to like really get down into like, what is it you're actually trying to say and to say it in a way that wasn't horrifying <laughs> because it's one thing to like uh, even now like people can't see my facial expression so sometimes it's tricky because you can't tell when somebody's joking but when you put something in print in a book you'd better make sure that people can't go back and and quote you and make you cringe at what you wrote yeah yeah and you know it's interesting because when you would approach me you know the title of the book and this is what i'm imagining a lot of the listeners the first impression they have of this book that they're hearing about just now is the title how to get laid using your intuition 
And I'll yeah. be honest with you, when I first heard the title, I was like, what is this? Is this some woo woo, like conjure it out of this, yeah. you know? And I was like, all right, I'm going to give the, the, you know, the draft you had at the time a read. And I was like, oh my God, like I totally fell in love with it. Like I got it. Oh. Like, you know? <laughs> and just to kind of, kind of get the listeners up to speed. Uh, wait, I have, I have a question for the both of you. So when I first heard the title, I thought that this was the exact opposite of a pickup book. Like the, the, you know, yes. the, the bro dudes that are writing, this is a very planned yes. attack on how to do a pickup book. And it seemed to me that it was just the opposite of that. Is that correct? Yes, you are absolutely correct. And, and Sonny is also correct in that it is a, a woo woo, potentially uh two woo kind of topic. But I think I got so used to explaining my ideas with data right and understanding that people do need to be walked through these concepts that seem really normal to me and the good part is that the data exists i mean there is a lot that backs up the idea that your intuitive sense is your most powerful and reliable sense almost like a super right And, and you know there's one thing i think we made a good match because as i had said on this podcast when we our episode with uh, Ann Hodder I call myself woo impaired like I'm not very woo woo <laughs> yeah. but you I have do one woo. You I have do one. believe I barely have a woo. I have like an o, a maybe a w I think you had a I think you had a half a woo and now after this book you maybe have one yeah woo. yeah but uh, you know of course I believe in intuition and you know people have their gut feelings and I don't think anybody can deny that that happens we can't explain yeah. it and the way that you put it forth in the book, it's like, even for the most woo impaired anti woo person, this makes sense. This is not a woo woo pie in the sky. It's like, oh, it is a very detailed step by step how to guide. I'm just going to really quickly read my little blurb on the back to kind of get everyone to what I thought about the book and actually what I think the book really is. I said, whether you're looking to casually hook up, find your soulmate or anywhere in between how to get laid using your intuition is for you. Forget the tired gender stereotypes, the dating rules and the pickup artist techniques. This practical, irreverent and concise guidebook will help you tune into your intuitive compass and navigate the clusterfuck. And I can say it, even though we have dots on the back of the book, the clusterfuck. Yeah, you can of modern dating. Susanna has crafted a new language for 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 relationships. For relationships. 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 Yes, so that That's a woo relationship. Relationships. Yes, that revolutionizes the way we connect with others. You'll be empowered to live more authentically, read people with deadly accuracy, and communicate like a badass to get exactly what you want in the bedroom or on the kitchen counter or in the dungeon or wherever you want to get it on. And I I really think that sums it up. So this is a system to get what is it that you say most of your needs met most of the time what is it yeah that's my little catchphrase because uh, it used to be like all your needs met and then it was like hold on let's just roll that back a little bit (laughs) because the reality is that if you can get most of your needs met most of the time you're in pretty good shape yeah I'll, i'll take that so who is this book or this system for i would say it's really for everybody and that's a big reason why you know we had to work so hard together because it's very easy to trot out gender stereotypes it's very easy to assume that everybody's heterosexual that everybody is one gender or another gender it's much more complicated and nuanced to say try on an intuitive way of being that allows you to greet every person with a sense of curiosity with a sense of newness to treat yourself that way. So maybe you know what you were into sexually yesterday, 
but you have no idea where you are today. You don't wake up with an assumption, even that you're submissive, that you're dominant, that you're kinky, that you're not kinky, because the more you unwrap this beautiful package called your sexuality, the more that surprises come jumping out, like Eastern European dominators. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they just jump right out. So for, for those of you that are woo-impaired, I want to talk a little bit about a scientific study that actually backs up some of what Susanna is saying here. Now, and why is it in my book? Why are you telling me now? It's for the next book, Ken. Nobody I'm warning you. Me. I'm taking notes <laughs> right know, now. So, <laughs> she didn't hire him as an editor. Yeah. <laughs> So I know so, it's kind of fun talking to both of you together. Maybe you should both ooh, do it next time. Absolutely. I'll be down for that. No. So uh, for oh. years, I was a professional psychic and I'm also a skeptic and an atheist. And I know that a lot of people don't see how those two things kind of coincide. So wow. through teaching uh, for years about classes, like I taught psychic development, I taught out of body adventures on how to do astral projection. I taught how to do remote viewing, how to read tarot cards, all that sort of thing. There was a great study at UNLV where they took people with very strong intuition. And what they really wanted to see was, where is this coming from, from a scientific point of view? Interesting. And they did a very different study than anything that had been done up to that point. So usually people that have good intuition or psychic ability, they did like the flashcards where they're showing you a triangle and some wavy lines and all that sort of thing. Those are uh, studies that were done a long time ago at Duke University um, that are not really yeah. applicable today, and they're not very accurate. What they did instead at UNLV was they took a bunch of people that had high intuition and they put their finger in a pulse oximeter, which is a little device you've been at the hospital, a little clampy thing that goes on your finger, and it detects heart mm -hmm. rate and oxygen rate. And yes. what they did was they would flash images on a screen, and they were measuring what the body's reaction, not the mind's reaction to these images were. So they would show like a serene alpine valley with butterflies, then they'd show dolphins jumping through the water, and then it would be like the death camps at, mm -hmm. you know, like at Dachau. Um, and what they were Sounds doing. Sounds like a fun I know, study. right? And so what they found is that the people that had high intuition, their heart rate would jump before the scary pictures. And so that they had some sort of a data to back this up rather than taking the words that came out of the people's mouths, they were looking at what their bodies were doing. And they. I'll tell you, that's so, I'm sorry, I just have to tell you why that's so fascinating and so right. Because I am also possibly psychic. But what I find in terms of getting any kind of information is that I need context. And if I have context, that's when the intuition can kick in to a point where people are like, how, how would you know that? Absolutely. So, so something about that context probably alerted people to the fact that this next thing was coming. Absolutely. And if you can use it for that, and like, they, they actually hypothesize that. Like, how, how did this develop in human beings? They actually think it's a defense mechanism against danger and harshness. And another study took a look at that, like, they can really, uh, human beings have the ability to react to things like one-tenth of a second before they occur. And this was part of a, of a greater study. But this is one wow. of the things that allows our intuition to guide us to avoid accidents. Or if somebody's throwing a baseball and you duck at the right moment. I just have to say what's sure. really weird as we're talking about this. Okay. I'm like all like... <laughs> I'm totally rational. Even though I believe this, I'm still and one then of those the ghost knocked over and the then lamp. And the lamp just fell off the table as we were talking. I'm like, what? Obviously, it's an evil spirit What's that's coming that? to have sex with no, us. It's, it's using not. its intuition and it's going to, like, pretend that it is my Eastern European dom later tonight. Yeah, yeah. So Isn't I'm, that right, Natasha? It, yes, that's right, Natasha. <laughs> Natasha the lamp. All the right, ghost. So, the ghost. <laughs> so I'm... Natasha the dead dom. Yeah. 
I am actually so into this conversation. I want to pick right back up, but we got to take a break. So really quick, we're going to take a break and we're going to come right back and like pick up right where we left off. So boom. I know you're fancy and I know you've been eyeing some of those luxury sex toys, haven't you, you frisky little fox? Well, I also know that you enjoy a good discount, don't you, dear? You now can get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping at luxury sex toy retailer Lalo.com with discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you heard me right. 20% off anything your little heart or, well, <clears throat> other parts. Desire at Lelo.com using discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you can thank me later. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle Mega store. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my God, give me water. That was the best orgasm ever. Okay, we're back. So I was like totally in the zone of like, oh my God, this is such and a good conversation. And then the ghost happened. And then the ghost happened and I'm all, I'm beating my pants a little bit. All right. That's so- kind of hot. <laughs> So basically, you have taken this intuition that we've been talking about that I think most people agree we have it, whether they can explain it or not. Most people will be like, yeah, there's something to that. And you have taken a way for people to hone in on it, for people to figure out what their own needs are, figure out how to hone in on their intuition to find out people basically that match their needs and how to get their sexual relationship, dating, whatever you're looking for needs met most of the time so you've invented a whole new lexicon for this system like there's things like are you fuck motivated what's your fuck frequency you know or is there torture loop getting in the way are you a cerebral or emotional i mean there's all of these things where did you come up with this system because it is really really actually I, I have an, another question that was it young by any chance because it seems very archetypal it's funny because i think that what happened was that i it came to me, it all just kind of came to me, and then I would find the evidence in Jung. There's actually no Jung in the book, next book, um, <laughs> but it, things like t- uh, tarot or more esoteric things. Or when I found out in my research that Time magazine uh, reported that the U.S. military is spending almost $4 million on a project investigating the sixth sense, which they call sense-making. And I was like, oh, well, here it just bears out what I already know, which is if you can, if the intuitive part of you is there to stop you from getting in danger, of course you can harness it to get laid. Right, right. Because what's more important than that? (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting, being in the U.S. military myself and being a psychic, it's something that I researched a lot. And this isn't the only project that we did because the Soviets had a much superior program using all sorts of psychic ability. And we actually started with Operation Stargate because there was a psychic gap that was happening for a period of time because the Soviet Union was so far ahead of us. The U.S. is now just beginning to get caught in that. 
holy shit. I feel like, like, okay, we're coming back to Natasha now. Like, this is... (laughs) I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It's interesting because, you know, in the Soviet Union, they're a lot more... On one hand, they're a lot more science-based. Oh, a lot. But on the other hand, there's so much in the in the vein of superstition. You know, spit three times to ward off the devil, and don't sit on concrete because you won't be able to have children. Your ovaries will freeze. That's a thing. I've heard people say that, and I'm like, what are you talking about? That's actually a thing. It's super. I, I don't know where these things come from. These superstitions. I can only imagine that growing up in such a fear-based climate, where you go to sleep with Boris, and in the morning Boris is gone because he wrote the wrong poem, and Stalin's dragged him off to Siberia. Mm-hmm. That you know, maybe that does something to your collective psyche. But it's it's a really odd dichotomy with the Soviets. Is that on one hand super science-based, on the other hand very open to completely unexplained phenomena right it's interesting because they had they were years ahead of us in that and we actually developed in 1978 this thing called star uh project stargate uh at fort meade maryland and that was in i'm gonna research that That and i've got a bunch of information on the military's use of psychics and by the way i i bet you do i was was a medic and a dental (laughs) hygienist when i was in the air force so nothing terribly exciting i'm not like a psychic from the air force i'm a psychic in real life you just look at someone you go (laughs) i think you have a cavity let me take an x-ray no 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 i charge them 125 dollars per hour to determine for a period of time whether they have a cavity that's Ah. why i'm no longer a professional psychic because i i I can't even afford me i charge way too much It's interesting because when I I did stand up for the uh, U.S. military in the Balkans in 2000 and, um, you know, Hungary, Kosovo, Bosnia, Sarajevo, Germany, and the medics were the most interesting people that I met. Uh, There's something about a medic in the military who's also a sniper. Talk about being able to hold two truths, opposite truths coexisting at the same time. And those were the people I met that made a huge impression on me. So that that's very interesting. How long did you do that for? How long were you in the military? I was in for four years. So I did a full stint in the Air Force from 1986 to 1990. And where were you? Uh, all over the place. Most of the time I was in Germany and in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which is K.I. Sawyer Air Force Base. It's no longer around. I was in Strategic Air Command the entire time. So I was... A medic that really just worked in a hospital or I worked in a dental clinic on base and I'm not somebody who ever went into combat. So it was my job yeah. was actually very easy. I We had the best of, you know, we had good food. We had like great times. The food is very good very in good military. military bases that I was yeah. at. Like, but, you know, 98% yeah. of the Air Force is service personnel. Only 2% are combat and that's the pilots. Yeah. Were you at Ramstein? I, I, I took a TDY there. Yeah. Um, not, not there What's for a TDY? I'm sorry, temporary duty tour. Oh, I was like, I got sorry, two of gotcha. them right here and I pull up my shirt. I'll show you some TDYs, some big old TDYs. Okay. Sorry. But enough about <laughs> me and onto your visual. book. So, <laughs> my intuition my tells me that we need to start talking yeah. about the book. All right. So when I first, again, read your draft, I was like, my, my two skeptical things were like, how woo is this? And I was like, it is, it is like the least amount of woo, like woo for my taste. I'm like, but bing the you know your system is great but then my big question was like wait a minute 
if somebody is looking for sexual gratification with another person and it's tuition based, especially now in the day and age of me too, and you know, me being a, yes. a BDSM and sexuality educator where I'm very consent minded, how do you marry yeah. consent and not even just nonverbal consent, but verbal consent with using your intuition to find someone to have sex with? Yeah, I think that if you're going to tell people to trust your instincts, mm-hmm you better be having a really serious conversation about consent. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of people walking around going, well, the lady in the book told me that if I think someone wants to sleep with me, then that is correct. And so what we discuss right at the start in the forward is that if you don't get that verbal consent, if you don't get that verbal validation of your intuition, then your intuition basically is not validated. And it might be a very good idea that you have and Uh, You know, I talk about ideas in the book and thoughts and how they differ from intuition. But I think that when you get to the end of it, you get a better sense of how intuition feels as opposed to how it feels when you just have a thought or a feeling or a notion about something. Mm -hmm. And if you, you may have an instinct that some, that you're connected to somebody, you feel a connection with somebody and that intuition may be absolutely true. You don't have to discard that fact. But you can't use that to then assume that that means that you're entitled to sex from them or that they're into a certain kind of sex or that they even identify as a certain gender. It's just it doesn't it doesn't work that way. So, yeah, there is a lot about consent in the book. And I'm very grateful to you for that, Sonny. And I do think that we who are not in the vanilla, who don't identify as being in the vanilla world, we're much more used to these conversations about power dynamics, about consent, about moment-to-moment consent, because it's pretty clear if someone's going to get hurt, for example, consensually, or um, something more extreme, whatever you want to call it, I'm putting extreme in quotation Mm -hmm. marks here, is going Mm -hmm. to happen. Yeah, it's pretty, it becomes obvious that these things need to be discussed and negotiated ahead of time and and can be shifted in the moment depending on what's going on with the other person. But I think in the vanilla world and in the romance that we've been sold, this idea of romance, you know, that this heteronormative idea that you're going to meet this, you know, you're going to ice skate into some guy at Central Park and He's just going to know exactly what to do and when to do it. And you're going to just love every minute of it. And um, even this idea that women need to be coaxed into sex. Mm-hmm. You know, we dismantled that one pretty well in the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I really do appreciate that, you know, a lot of books or, you know, articles, whatever it is, they talk about consent. And it's in such a clinical way. It's like we all know on a cerebral level. Yeah, we have to get consent and da da da. But a lot of us when we end up actually doing it in practice, it's very like, but it's so clinical and so unsexy. Yeah. And and I like the way you incorporate it in the book so naturally, like, okay, now it's a check in time. And this is how you can you know, da, da, da. and it's it feels very natural and a good way to model it for people. And also hot. Right. Right? Like, what did we say? What did I say? Um, consent. Oh, you love this part. I got a, lots of uh, smiles and, and uh, exclamation points and <laughs> preach, sister. Take me to on church. My Google yeah. Docs. Take me to church. I always know when I, I scored a hit with Sonny because it was take me to church where I said that consent doesn't ruin the mood. Consent is the mood. I mean, what's hotter than knowing what's happening? Exactly. And knowing whoever you're with, like, was like, yeah, I want that. Give me more. I just like the fact yeah, that it's not a fucking yeah. mystery. Yeah. Even if you're a psychic and you're very intuitive, intuition 
turns the key, but the thing that opens the fucking door is consent. Exactly. Oh, yes. I like Ooh, that. Oh, see? That's, oh, I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> we also have it recorded, just in case. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. I'll, I'll check the transcript Awesome. Later. So now this is a system that you use with your coaching clients, right? Um, yeah, most definitely. And that I assume you must have used in your own life as well. So in out in the field, in real life, what are some of the successes that have come out of using this system either in your own life or maybe, you know, if you can anonymously talk about clients and generalities? Absolutely. I, I think what I notice a lot is that people need permission to follow through on what they already know. And that's why I don't give advice because, you know what, that and a dollar will get you on the subway. Who needs somebody else's opinion? Not not, not me. Um, I had a very opinionated mother. I don't need to give people my opinion. <laughs> but what is really helpful is being able to tune into the part of you that already knows. So I had, for example, a client. I've had actually not more than one client who was in a marriage that was not meeting their needs. Now, of course, you want people to stay together. You want uh, love to win out and all of that stuff. But if somebody's needs are chronically not being met, I generally have a sense right from the beginning uh, what's going to go down. Now, I'm never going to say that. I'm not going to say, um, guess what? In three months, you're leaving your wife. Um, But I'm going to be an advocate for that person getting their needs met. And I had a recent... um, I mean, I've had several clients like this, but one recent client who was just so miserable and so stuck and trying over and over again to take back his own energy and state his needs and say, look, for example, I need alone time. I need this much alone time a day. I need these things to make me feel safe and autonomous and was continually just met with, huh? And... The, the swiftness after we started working together, he literally was out of his marriage and actually met somebody else very quickly. And again, it wasn't even something we started out with. We didn't say, okay, here's your plan of attack. You're going to go to a local bar and find a woman to leave your marriage right. for. I mean, th- that couldn't have been further from what we were working on. But because he was operating in such an intuitive way where he was really tuned in to what it was that that he really needed to feel secure and happy, he just he just attracted that, and it happened very quickly with like alarming speed. And actually, uh, the place where I live and also where my office is, there are a lot of peacocks uh, that walk around, Pe- like actual and peacocks, like walking around. Actual walking peacocks. Around. Is that a yeah, thing just, in California? It's Wait, a thing. Thought, where well, do you live? In, in Topanga. Oh, it's in Topanga. Okay, I was like, are you in That's LA? In is that what's going I was on? Like, and, like, That's I thought cool. you meant. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have to it's tell a- you though, if you have a peacock that you see like every day, name one Drew, so then it can be Drew, Drew peacock. peacock. Drew Peacock. I will. I will. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll get right on that. It's okay. It's all right. Puns are forgiven. Um, but there's also like peahens, right? So the female peacock <laughs> is called a peahen. And uh, they're called peafowl collectively. They're peafowl. I'm a peahen. And what's interesting. I thought, I thought you said peahens. I'm like, sometimes that happens when the toilet paper slips. Like, 
or or in certain other occasions, yes. if that's your yeah. thing. But but they they walk around. They're so um, beautiful, and what's and they make these really alarming sounds. And so I start researching peacocks because I was so fascinated by the, the just walking around. And they the male peacocks actually fake orgasm because they're to attract the females. They go. Wah, wah. Because it's it's very loud and kind of annoying, but it's funny once you know that the reason they're doing it is to show that they're virile. Wow! So they're like, "This is what I sound like when I come." And one day I'm coaching this particular person that I'm telling you about, this particular client, and I can hear something behind me. And this is on Skype. I can hear something behind me through the window in the balcony, and I'm like, "Don't look around," because I, you know, giving him my full attention, and I hear this like swoosh kind of sound. And, and finally, I'm just like, I just have to look at this. And I just turn around and I go, oh, and there's a peacock completely feathers all up. And just as he's telling me about how he's blooming into himself and blooming into his sexuality, and there's two peahens on the balcony kind of looking at him, looking like they're giggling, like, oh. And I was like, you have to see this. And I brought the, the, the computer up to the window. <laughs> but these are the kinds of things that uh, – to me, it's like that's all in a day's work because when you're tuned into, and Ken knows this, and you know this too, Sonny, you're a highly intuitive person. Yeah, I just like to fake that I'm not, but I totally am. You really I are. I like to you're play tough chick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, don't we yeah. all? How, how soon after you guys met did you know you were going to be together? Oh, I think I knew pretty soon, but I, we didn't admit it to each other or say I love you or anything for over a year. Yeah, it took a year for us to do it, but I think we both, even my, and I don't know if you know this, but Terry and Kevin, who were our roommates that, uh, uh, at the time, or my roommates, uh, they, I, and I had been poly, I had been, I had a number of submissives, there was all sorts of people I was fucking that they're like, and they've never said this before, like, Ken, you're going to marry this one. Really? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, what do you, you know, like I knew inside, but I didn't want to admit it because I'd just been out of a nasty 10 year relationship. And I'm like, I'm never getting married again. That's ridiculous. Why would I wow. get married? And then I saw wow. how wonderful she was and how amazing she was. And I had this void in my life for half of my stuff. And now she has that. Right. Now Everything. I have half, half of your half stuff. Half my money, half my stuff is all yours. <laughs> right. And I, I have you. all my stuff too. And all your stuff. Yes. <laughs> No, but yeah. it's interesting, Sonny. Remember when we talked about in the book when I talked about the the overriding your gut that happens, and especially how women do this. Yes, and you talked about how you, in your experience, it was when it wasn't provable. Yes, yeah. When it's not provable, that's when it. When that's when we question ourselves. Yeah. And so my aim is really that that uh, Sonny and Ken know that they're in love the minute they meet because their gut immediately tells them, "Oh, this is it." Like obvious, mm-hmm. but there's always just so much stuff on top. There's the fear. There's the 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 stories about oh my god, is this one going to be like the last one? Is this you know Eastern European woman going to make me buy her shoes? <laughs> it's like it's a, yes, Mister Susanna. Under, <laughs> underneath that, you can call me Daddy. Underneath, yes, Daddy. Underneath, oh, I like that. Underneath that is is where the intuition lives, and that's why it's so tricky right. to really catch it in the moment. And sometimes you can just your thoughts can be so far away from your intuition that you're almost like telling your gut to shut mm-hmm. up. You're like, I don't want to hear that right yeah. now. Yeah, and you know, I think that for me, and and your book has helped me embrace this even more. But I'd finally gotten to a place in my oh. life where I was listening to that intuition because my intuition before would be like, 
this is a bad person. Do not get involved with them. But then my rational mind would be like, but why? I can't really say why they're, it's just a feeling. I can't go off a feeling. Like I have to have some proof. So then I get involved with them. And then, you know, a couple years later, I'd be like, God damn it. I should listen to my guy. Like every time. So I finally gotten to the point where I just know, like, let's say it's like even a business associate that I might get involved with. And I'm just like, I don't want to get involved with this person. Well, why? And yeah. and instead of going, well, I don't know, and trying to come up with it and going, I can't come up with why, so let's get, I just go, you know what? I can't explain to you why. It's just a feeling, and I'm going to stick <gasps> with it. And I think if more of us learned to trust that part of ourselves, we'd be all so much happier and not involved preach. with bullshit. Ooh, I'm, I'm preach, taking preach, you to preach. I literally, I have your take. I've got my, my hands in the air right now. <laughs> I'm literally doing like a, a woo victory salute yeah. because that's, that's like so, uh, just wonderful. And it's like, if you catch a bad vibe, yeah. there's, there's no need to analyze that. There's no need to uh, get into that. It's just like, okay, as uh, I, I can really go with this because of all the other 10,000 times you got a bad exactly. vibe. And went, nah. Like you finally, I finally have a track record. That's how I got it. And, and I think part of it too is being socialized as a woman. And being in abusive situations, you know, it's even since yes. a young age, we're gaslit. You know, it's yes. either the people that are abusing us are like, you're imagining that there's no reason right. why they try to talk you out of it and sweet talk you into that. And we are so not used to trusting ourselves, especially as women, because we're told we're wrong. We're overreacting. We're yeah. being, you know, oh, come on. We're too emotional. Exactly. Exactly. And if, yeah. you know, it took me 40 some odd years to finally shut that out and be like, no, I think this yeah. time I'm actually right. And I'm going to listen to me. So yeah, that's so good. And if we can, Sonny, if we can return that to the young women, if we can return the sense of trusting your own judgment, I mean, forget it. Yeah, that's God's work. So what do you think, though, this book now, today, in the day and age of Me Too and Time's Up, and things are really changing, especially in heterosexual dating dynamics. Yes. How do you think this book is specifically contributing to that part of the equation or the conversation? I think what's interesting is that nobody who's female is shocked we're like, we about told all the you. People who are coming. Yeah. We're like, duh. <laughs> it's like, okay, so now it's coming out. That doesn't mean that now it's changing. It means that it has to come out so that it can change. Right. What's available in this book, if people want to use it, is the ability to read the signs and communicate what you want. Now, everybody's on about communication. Oh, communicate, communicate. How are you going to communicate something if you don't know what it is? And I think that's part of what goes on with me too, is that, you know, with the Aziz Ansari thing, which came up right in the as I was sending you drafts, you were like, how about that? Oh, my God, I was just thinking how this relates to the Aziz Ansari thing. Because that girl was not imprisoned in that apartment, okay? But she stayed and she didn't say anything. Now, Anybody who understands trauma understands that there is a fight, flight, or freeze that happens, and it's a reason why a lot of the time people can't say anything. They're frozen. They cannot say anything because they literally can't believe that this is happening or it's triggering something from the past that's uh, frightening and making them dissociate, Mm -hmm. right? But in this case, it's like 
if you you don't have the power, you haven't been empowered to speak up, then the culture needs to change. Right. Because, of course, you have to be able to say if something doesn't feel good to you. Of course, you have to honor yourself enough not to override what your body is telling Mm -hmm. you. But it's almost like when we go to kindergarten and the first day of kindergarten, they go, sit down. Why are you running around? And you go, oh, I got it. I shouldn't listen to my physical impulses. Got it. And then they go, shh, be quiet. And you go, oh, I shouldn't express myself. Got it. It's like it's all imprinted so early. And I agree with you 100%, especially if you're socialized female. Of course, I have two sons. I don't want to see them raised with, you know, the backlash, the opposite reaction where they're told they need to sit down and shut the fuck up just because they're male. But there is a certain point where, you know what, you do need to sit the fuck up, you know, sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up and actually uh, listen and understand the scope of what has been going on Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that, you know, in your text, at the same time, giving people who are socialized as women a chance to empower themselves and speak up to also understand that's just not always possible. And that the people yeah. on the other side of the equation, you know, m- namely people who were socialized male, have to realize that and kind of, you know, I don't know if extend the olive branch is the right term. Factor, factor, factor that, that in. in that this yeah. this could be what's happening. This could be why this person can't speak up. And it doesn't even, it's not about like, oh, it's so bad when a guy wants to get laid. And that's, again, we don't want to get the backlash where we take back all of what we gained in the sex positive movement, where suddenly it becomes like, oh, this evil guy and his dick and he wants to get laid. So what? I want to get laid. We all want to get laid. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just to be able to do it in an ethical way. It's just a small shift of the dial. There's no need to be a predator. There's no need for that. Yeah. You know what? This is terrible. The entire time you guys have been talking for the last five minutes, I'm sitting here having a Homer Simpson moment trying to remember the Estonian word for daddy, which I think is Isa. Isa. Well, I speak Russian, not Estonian. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it's Papa. It is Papa. Okay. Papachka. So you, you don't, wait, you're from Estonian? You don't speak Estonian? No, because when I left, it was the Soviet Union. Oh. And... Yeah, my mother speaks Estonian, uh, Russian, German. They all spoke three languages. I actually speak five languages, but wow. Estonian is not one of them. I only have about 20 words in is Estonian. Is one of those and languages have... love? <laughs> 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 well, six okay. languages six then. Languages. How about that? Yeah, I only know two words in Estonian. One's the word for daddy. The other one's the word for beer. Well, I, our next door neighbors Beer? were Estonian. That's the only thing they ever did was they yelled for daddy and not in a sexy way, but it was like, and then the, that was like the daddy yelled <laughs> for beer. Oh, oh, no. That's funny. <laughs> well, we're, uh, oh, oh, no. I, we're a di- little bit of a different, um, you know, ethnic stock. My, my stock, the, the Ashkenazi Jews, or at least a, it, the way that it's manifested in me, were, uh, are not as hearty. As the Estonians. The Estonians are more like the Finnish. You know, the only language that's like Estonian is Finnish and Hungarian. There's only three that are called the Austro-Hungarian languages. I can't remember what they're called. I have to, now I have to look that up. And Um, you're the same as my people. uh, I'm from Ukrainian Jew stock, or or, I'm Ashkenazi Ukrainian. I got some Hungarian in me. Look at, we're all bonded. So my Jew in you later? I can do that. Yeah, (laughs) I was just going to (laughs) say. Yeah, I do. My father's actually from what was the Ukraine. It was Odessa, but it was still the Soviet Union. Oh, yeah. And it uh, might have been the same with our family. We're from Brody and Tishtin. Oh, look at that. So we're we're related. We are. And maybe that explains part of my fascination yet fear of Eastern European women. Well, 
You know, there is such a thing as like blood memory. We were just talking yeah, about this. Yeah, we like just the, talking about this. the like uh, generational trauma that's held in your DNA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. It's Fino Ugric. Fino Ugric languages. Interesting. Because it's nothing like Russian, because Russian is uh, Slavic, so it's a different alphabet. So I could I could speak to you in Russian, but I don't want to scare you. It, it's a good scare. It's and, okay. and, and I think maybe. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Because we're almost, our time is pretty much up. So I know what we're going to do is say, hold on, (laughs) hold on. First, you're going to tell us, you know, where people can find you, the website, all that wrap up stuff we need to know where to find out about your coaching. And then maybe when we exit, can you lead us out with some good Russian goodbye? I can. I can give some good Russian goodbye. Okay. So give us, give us all the, the pertinent information so people know where to find you and then then you can give us a good Russian goodbye. That needs to be like something. A Russian urban... goodbye sounds like something you're going to kill me with. Oh, my God. <laughs> or fuck you with. I don't know. Or yeah. both. It sounds like a fetish. I, I am here for Russian goodbye. Do you have that? Buy me boots. Is it available? <laughs> All right. So where can we find you? Okay. So sexualintuitive.com is you also find testimonials about the coaching and more information about what it is I actually do because sexual intuitive causes half the population to go, Oh yeah, I get it. And the other half to go, what the hell is that? So, um, sexualintuitive.com and the book is on Amazon and on Kindle. It's how to get laid using your intuition. You can follow me on Instagram at sexualintuitive, Twitter at Susanna Brisk. And howtogetlaid.org for more information about the book. Can you believe I got how I to get laid? Say, who did you have to bribe to get that? Who did you have to lay to get that? <laughs> I had to neither fuck nor bribe anybody. It literally came to me at the lights in Los Angeles, and I literally bought it off GoDaddy, GoESO at the lights. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. I was like, I can't, but it's a public service. That's why it's a dot. I like that. I like that. So, well, you guys are helping people get laid. It's like anybody who does that, it's like it's a special thing. It's less war, more peace, more happiness in the world. We consider ourselves ambassadors of fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Susanna. Thank you so this much, is really Susanna. fun. This is the first time all three of us have talked together, and I think it should happen more. And I A, agree. I want to say thank you and goodbye, but I want you to goodbye us in Russian, please. Daddy. Ken Isani. Спасибо большое, что вы со мной поговорили про мою книгу. Я такая благодарна вам и специфически Сани, что ты так мне помогла, и я тебя очень уже люблю, и спасибо большое. До свидания. Oh my goodness. Okay, I know we're supposed to leave after that, but he's like, oh he has dreamy God. eyes. What did you say? I said, thank you for having me. <laughs> well... It was hot. It is better in Russian. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Susanna. As President Trump knows, everything's better in Russian. Oh. (laughs) That's another kind of of Russian goodbye. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. 
I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.